at the, the start of uh, 1990, the, the Scottish uh, pop rock band, Delamitri, released a single called Nothing Ever Happens. And it speaks of people uh, living with a lack of passion and having a bland, meaningless life. It tells us in one of the verses that the Martians could land in the car park and no one could care. You know, nothing's going on. And being uh, before the time of CDs uh, and let alone streaming of Spotify or Apple Music, it speaks all in the chorus of how the needle returns to the start of the song and we all sing along like before. The people don't even change the record that's on a, time ta uh, on a turntable. They simply let the needle pick up and go back and pick up and go back. Do you remember record players? Do you still use vinyl? I wonder. Back in trend, you know. If you hang on to anything long enough, it comes back, you know. With a bit of modification and imagination, this song from 30 years ago could be thought of being not just about the apathy of that late Thatcher era and the rise of the grey men and society going along with whatever happened with a muted shade of attitude. But it could be the year 29 AD described at the beginning of the passage that Emmeline brought us. Tiberius, the stepson of Caesar Augustus, was not a charismatic figure. He was described as being gloomy by Pliny the Elder, who wrote of those times. But he was nonetheless ruler of the Roman Empire. The grey men sometimes take charge. He was not a great general. You know, the empire didn't really expand under him. He was not particularly successful in his personal relationships. He had a number of failed marriages. He was not, it would seem, politically in control of the Senate. They seemed to do whatever they felt like. In fact, he even leaves Rome at one point. He seems to have had enough. And yet, he was the man in charge of a vast area. <coughs> and so, Herod Antipas built a temple and named his tetrarch capital city after Tiberius. A capital city 
on the shore of Lake Galilee. And of course, that's why in John 6, we hear of the Tiberias Sea, Lake Galilee, because of this distant ruler that's not actually that great a person. It was at this time, we are told, that Pilate, who we thought of the other week as as, uh, simply wanting a quiet life, that he was governor of Judea. Even with inept foreign leadership ruling the land, the high priest Annas and Caiaphas simply went through the motions in Jerusalem. God's people, even those who read the scriptures in high office, did not speak the word of God. spoken of lost voices on Wednesday as I'm in danger of losing my own I think again life in that time in the first century was bland it was unchanging it was not reflecting the ways of the Lord It all just goes along as before. They all just muddle through. But into this religious but unfaithful society, enter stage right, the one whose father's song of praise we heard on Wednesday morning. Like the timescale since that Delamitri single to today, it's something like 30 years that have passed since the priest found his singing voice. And now we hear the infant born of the elderly Elizabeth has become a man and has been called forth to speak. The preaching begins in a wilderness. But that's not really meaning a physical desert. It's a barren place, but yet there is a river, the Jordan, that is bringing life, water to plants. But the community of the Holy Land is a desert of proclamation of God a place that is barren to truth, to righteousness, to justice, to peace. It is missing love. God's way is not being lived. And John, son of Zechariah, brings the prophetic message, repent and be forgiven. Not simply repent, but there's a baptism of forgiveness. There's a new life to be had, a reshaping, a washing clean. 
The wilderness and the Jordan River are deeply symbolic, of course, of the children of Abraham reaching the promised land. Forty years that they had to travel before the flow of the river was stopped and they could enter the place that had been spoken of 400 years and more earlier. Now, a baptism in that flowing water would be a washing away of the past, and it would invigorate them for life, new life, in the kingdom of God. That new life is not brought by John the Baptist, but by the one who John is preparing the way for, the Son of God. It was about 30 years ago I moved to um, the northern part of Hampshire. And at the other end of the county, at the bottom of the M3, the motorway was in the process of being extended at a place called Twyford Down. That name might ring a bell with some of you. And it was improving the link between Greater London and the docks at Southampton. And if you travel down the M3 now, if you go down that road, you get to this long, straight element where there's a bit of a rise and fall, but not as high as you needed to go up, because what they did was they made a huge cutting in the chalk, a giant scar that many protested about, and some still grieve, even though it successfully served its purpose of making a straight path. It eased the flow of traffic in that area. It connected those important cities and took other traffic away from Winchester. Almost as soon as the work was over, perhaps even slightly overlapping, my, my mind doesn't quite serve me right in that regard. The protesters moved along with the constructors. <coughs> 45 miles north, closer to where I lived, they uh, were going to build the Newbury Bypass. You know, and it was not going to be a straight line. The straight line at Newbury was through the middle of town, and that was where people were already going. Or not going, as the case may be, if you'd ever sat in the traffic in the middle of Newbury. And so instead, they had to build a road that went round the outside of the town, a big curve, a bypass. And that meant chopping down trees through woods. 
to make room for the dual carriageway with grade-separated junctions. Now, in both those examples, the M3, no, the M3 and the A34, as with the work that uh, is or isn't going on, depending on where you live, um, with regards HS2, preparing a way takes effort. It's a lot of hard work cutting through a chalk cliff, a chalk hill. It's a lot of hard work chopping down trees, even with modern chainsaws and big machinery. It's a lot of hard work putting in the gravel underneath and the top layer on top. And whether you like it or not, it's messy. And it disturbs people. And it makes some of them very angry. Valleys filled and hills made low is not popular with everyone. And it takes time. And we hear the word of Isaiah brought forth in Luke's gospel, speaking of John the Baptist as being one who is going to be preparing the way for Jesus. And it ain't going to be popular. It'll ring through with some, those that need that connection, but not with everyone. John prepares the way. He breaks new ground in the desert place where God's word had been absent. He prepares the way not with a bulldozer, not with a shovel, but by challenging people to examine their own life. We live in a time as it always is, but maybe particularly at the moment, we live in a time where it's easy to criticize others. It's easy to find the blame, to point at the fault. You know, social media is full of it. The newspapers are full of it. At times, the church is full of it. But it's our role to start preparing the way for the growth of the kingdom. It's our role to move forward. Not deliberately causing damage. I'm sure those that... Uh, went through the public inquiries for the A34 and the M3 and the HS2, don't want to cause environmental damage, but know that connections had to be made. And so we don't want to cause damage. We don't want to knock people down or push them about. but we start preparing the way by examining our own heart 
and asking, is it of God? Asking, is there anything we personally need to repent of, that we need to seek forgiveness of, knowing that when we turn to Jesus and confess our sin, he does take it from us. He makes us new. And only if we are right with God can we really start to help others find the love of Jesus. And God works with us in this. He calls John the Baptist to share the word. And before John, his father. And before that, the prophets like Isaiah, who's quoted in the passage, and as I've mentioned earlier, Abraham called to be an example to us all. Each of these are called and blessed by the Spirit to do their work, to further the purpose, not to do it alone. God prepares their hearts, and he gives them opportunity to build on what is previously there. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to turn from what is wrong. But God puts people in place that we can look to and that we can hear and that we can follow in the right path. He's given us the scriptures that we can read and the lessons that we can learn in there. He speaks to us in our prayers and encourages us in the right path. I wonder if God is calling you. I wonder if God is calling you and says, I want to reshape you, not simply that your life can come closer to the way I want you to live, but saying, I want to reshape you because he has something in mind for you to do. Something in mind of how you can actually prepare the way for others too. That you are prepared in your life by turning closer to him. That you can then allow others to turn to him showing love in the world in word and action. It might be calling you to be knocking down barriers that prevent people from experiencing life in its fullness, the life that comes from Jesus. I said in church meeting last week that I do feel there is something of God's timing of the moment for us. And I do believe that God wants the kingdom to grow here. He's doing something with us now. And that requires us to be preparing the way in our life, adjusting our priorities and our attitudes so individually and as the church, we honor him. 
that we might grow and flourish requires revolution, with ourselves being remolded as God-shaped. And then the people will see God's salvation in our life, and in turn, we will see it in theirs. We cannot let each day simply be one where we repeat who we were the previous day. For the needle to return to the start of the song, we need to do a bit with that. We need to continuously seek the change God wants in us and live the call he has on our lives. As transformed people, the rough made smooth. God's love will pour out from us and the world around us will also be reshaped. Amen.